Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. The epistle is from 1 Peter chapter 4. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Whether you are aware of it or not, everybody in society tends to live in one of two different ways, in one of two different ways. On the one hand, many people live life as if they will, get this, never die. The reality of mortality, the reality of their death itself is not even on their radar. For them, death is often not thought of or they believe the lie that they are forever young. In their mind, they'll never get old. For them, 40 is the new 30, and 50 is the new 40, and 60 is the new 50. Apparently, when you get older for these individuals, you actually become younger. On the other hand, on the other hand, there are other people who live this life knowing that they are going to die. They actually don't deny death. They embrace it. They accept the fact that they're going to die, and they simply embrace, embrace it. Then they choose. Then they choose to eat, drink, and be merry. For them, life is about squeezing out as much fun and adventure as you can before you find yourself in a wheelchair in a nursing home. And so the question today arises, which group do you find yourself apart? Which, which group do you find yourself in? I don't know about you, but I often bounce back and forth between both of them, both extremes. Perhaps both of these extremes might also depend on your stage of life as well. When you are young, perhaps deep down, you know death is out there. However, you don't quite feel it in your bones and you don't see death immediately at your doorstep. Therefore, you may choose to live it up in the moment. Take it all in before death comes knocking. Then perhaps later on in life, you feel death in your bones. You see death around you as your loved ones pass away. You see death on your face through the wrinkles and, yes, knee replacements, and so forth. Thus, at that point, it is easier, perhaps, not to think about death and to pretend that you are young, to just say, yep, I'm young. 60, well, it's actually 50. So what is the point that is being made? Unfortunately, both of these options go the way of false security. 
There are two different ways in which we try to deny the reality of this life of death and sin. It's a way to give us assurance, a false comfort. There are two ways in which we try to convince ourselves at the end, get this, at the end, it's not close, it's far off. That's what we do. We convince ourselves that the end is far off. But dear friends, in our reading from the epistle of 1 Peter, the apostle Peter tells you this morning and me that the end of all things, get this, is not far off, but it is near. Indeed, it is near. Peter tells us, again, that it will soon occur. The end is not far off. Now, undoubtedly, this should cause you to squirm this morning, hearing that the end is near. Hearing that the end is near for you should make you a bit uncomfortable. For example, since the average age of death in the United States of America is 73.8 years old, if you are in your late 60s, the end could be right around the corner for you. If you're over 73.8 years old, well, how do we say it? You're on borrowed time. And for those of you who are not, well, maybe even we're close, for those of you who are younger, you need to be careful of giving yourself into cockiness. You see, death, death can happen in a blink of an eye. Ask those who are older than you, and they will tell you countless stories of loved ones who left this life with a quick snap of the fingers. Here one day, gone the next. Besides, I've been told and I'm starting to see that they are right that time has a way of getting faster the older you get. And so, young people, the end is near. It will draw closer to you with greater speed as you get older. So, if the end is near, what do we do besides running to our false security? What do we do? But dear friends, listen up, please. Consider the gospel in this moment. Yes, you and I must consider the message of the gospel You see, without the gospel, hearing that the end is near will result in a great deal of anxiety for you. Perhaps the reason why so many of us Christians act just like pagans is that we fail to consider just how good the message of the gospel is for you and for me. Baptized saints, consider this. On that great last day, all things will come to an end and there will be a final judgment The living and the dead will be judged at the very end of all things. But you, as the baptized saints, a judgment, we must keep in mind, a judgment has already been made on Christ for you. On Christ's cross, all of your sin, it was damned. It was condemned. It was judged in Christ. He became sin for you. And so at the great last day, he did this, so at the great last day, you will not fall short of God's holiness and justice. And so hearing that the end is near should not leave you in a panic or to be foolish like the rest of the world, denying your mortality and pretending that there is no end to this life. You should not. Only fools live in the make-believe world that they will live forever. And so, baptized saints, the end is near. Either you will die very soon or Jesus will come back, but this shall not cause you to fear. The end of all things for you as a Christian is not something that leads you to fret or to despair or put your head in the sand, but leads you to confess and to shout out, Come, Lord Jesus, come. We welcome your coming. But also at the same time, it leads us to be awake. Knowing that the end is near leads us to a diligent, sober mind. Leads us to be thoughtful and considerate. 
Think of it this way. If the end is far off, or if the end never would occur, if the end is far off, then it would make sense to look out for ourselves. If there's no end to this life, then it would make sense to hold on to every little grudge that we can, and it would make sense for us to give into the greed to save for the future, to give into greed to save for the future. If there is no end to this life under the sun, then it would make sense to numb ourselves into an emotional stupor so that we could just simply endure the long path ahead. But dear friends, there is an end. And that end is near. And so this leads us to stay wide awake, diligent, sober-minded in Christ. I'm actually reminded of a prisoner who almost died in the hospital some years ago. The end was right before this prisoner as he laid in the hospital bed. Long story short, he didn't die. He actually walked out of the hospital several days later. And from that day forward, something changed. Actually, everything changed for him. His encounters with his friends took on a greater importance. He held his finances a little more loose, knowing that he couldn't take his money with him. His generosity, well, it increased. He enjoyed the small things in life, and he did not sweat the small stuff. Knowing that he had almost experienced the end, and knowing that the end was still at hand, it gave him a proper understanding that everything that he had was a gift. Furthermore, he was freed from the terrible curse of thinking that he had to live for himself for the years to come. He was freed to know that the end was near and that Jesus was giving him time to love his family, to love his friends and his neighbors. He's freed to be generous. He was freed to love others. He was freed not to keep a huge record of wrong and not to be easily offended by every little thing in life. He was free knowing that the end was near and that for whatever time he had left in this world, that this time was a gift for him to bless and to love those around him in need. Baptized saints, the end is near. The end is near for you and for me and those around us. And this, it changes things. It does. If the end is near, and if we are held in Jesus as the end approaches, well, we need not get wrapped up in all of life's tiny, little, insignificant problems. For example, and get this, I'm preaching to the choir here, I'm preaching to myself. You need not be given to road rage, right? You need not be given to road rage when someone cuts you off in traffic. You and the other driver, get this, will soon be dead or immediately standing before Christ if Christ comes back before then. And so, does it really matter? It does not. You see, when you get in a fight with your spouse, your children, or your family over a silly little issue, does it really matter? Why would you spend so much precious time working so hard to harbor up such a big grudge and to conjure up such anger and sustain that anger and that grudge for all the years to come when the end is near? If the end is near, does it make sense to numb yourselves and go through the motions of life? It does not. And so sober up. Open your eyes. The end is near. The time that you have with your family and friends and neighbors, well, it's precious. It's a precious time to bless your neighbors and to love them in the name of Jesus. If the end is near, is it wise to become spiritually drowsy, overly dramatic, lethargic, stingy, grudgeful, and greedy? 
No, it's not wise. Only fools become spiritually drowsy and overly dramatic, lethargic and stingy and grudgeful and greedy with all the little things of life. They do this because they do not understand that the end is near. They function as if there is no God. All they want is easy street. They live to make their bellies their gods. All they can think of is their own appetite and their false comfort. But this is not who you are. This is not who you are. You are Christians. You are baptized. You are forgiven. You've been claimed by Christ. You've been snatched from darkness unto light. You have the gospel poured into your ears, laid upon your tongue, into your bellies. You are forgiven and you know that the end is near and that you know you belong to Jesus and that he will sustain you with the time that you have and in the very end day and through that end day to the great eternal life. And so as Christians, you take nothing for granted. You're wide awake, quick to love, and a recipient of God's abounding gifts given to you day after day after day. And so we confess today that the end is near. And we say, God be praised. And we say, God be praised because Jesus has us right now and to the very end of the age. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And so abide, dear saints. Remain steadfast, dear saints. Remain steadfast in faith and in sober trust in Jesus until the end. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org The The Lord Lord bless and keep you. you.